welcome to this edition of Spotlight. My name is Rogan, and if this is your first time checking out Spotlight, this is an offshoot of the Prognotes podcast, where we chat with some incredible artists and musicians in the progressive rock scene. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you to all of the Prognotes patrons for helping these episodes happen. Check out what the benefits are of becoming a patron at patreon.com slash prognotes. Today's special guest is Tom England of Evergrey, here to talk about their new album, A Heartless Portrait, The Orphean Testament. It's so great to have you on, Tom. Why don't we start by you telling us a bit about yourself? Well, yeah, it's a long story. No, but I mean, thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, I'm Tom England from Sweden. I'm the vocalist, uh, main writer, guitar player, and founder of a Swedish metal maybe prog metal band Evergrey. Uh, we have released 13 albums very soon and uh, we're still happy as pigs and shit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I have to admit right off the start that Evergrey has been on my radar for like a very long time, but I just like haven't quite gotten there yet. So this is like my first time experiencing your music and it just absolutely blew me away with this album. Like, that's awesome. It, that's awesome. It starts off with like a bang and then it just keeps on swinging at you and it just never gets boring all the way through. Um, so I was wondering, uh, what are some of the things uh, you think about when putting together an album to maintain that sort of constant drive from beginning to end? I mean, just that really. I mean, I, I, it needs to be... Music for me is the most important thing there is. So for me, it needs to be... It's so important that I wouldn't release a single note that isn't heartfelt or important to me myself. And then I'm just lucky to to have people enjoy it as well, you know. So, but uh, that's been the key recipe for me since the last 30 years is to make music that I'm happy with myself. And I'm 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 a picky guy. Uh, um, become even more pickier the the, the longer we have. Uh, been producing music and also sort of explored other music and that, that is also key I guess to, to keep yourself happy because Evergrey is like not sounding like a specific type of music in a sense you know it, it, it allows us to, to do a lot of different things uh, which is a blessing uh, because uh, I, I wouldn't be able to breathe in you know within the uh, restraints of a box or whatever uh, um, keep creating music, keep myself happy. That's the key. Awesome. Was there, like, when you were putting these together, did you, like, sort of envision a certain song order? Uh, uh, or, like, was it just sort of what fit afterwards? For this, since this album is not a concept album, we just we just ma made music as we felt it come out of our fingers, basically. And then, in the end... You sort of have a subconscious idea of how you want it to start and end, and then you sort of piece and puzzle it together in between. And uh, but uh, it's extremely important the song order for us. It's, uh, that's why we sort of not love the fact that you can sort of uh, what do you call it, mix it on on Spotify and Apple Music, and you can play it in a random order. It's not great for us. We we love people to hear it the way we intended them to hear it. So. Yeah. Yeah, that I that's very much that product of like modern culture and everybody can't stick with one thing for too long. But yeah, yeah I, yeah. I for yeah. one like really enjoy 
uh, hearing it as like the artist intended front to back and, and really seeing, cause a lot of work goes into that. Like most of the time, unless you're Very like so. putting out an album just full of like three minute pop hits, uh, then it doesn't really matter the order of it. But like when you get into, uh, like more of the fine details, it, it, it seems very important to listen to it as um as it was intended yeah very much so i mean for me it's all but i mean i guess i'm also that old that i come from that culture of listening to music yeah. you know that that you listen to it in an order and, and and that is the order that is intended by the artist himself you know so or herself so for, for us it's uh extremely important because if you put it on random then all of a sudden you can hear the last song which sort of we have been building up to for mm-hmm. maybe five minutes you know and then you hear that and then also if that's the first song you hear from a band it's like dude i don't like this yes. <laughs> it's like it's a soft acoustic uh, ballad band you know so it's like yeah yeah that that's one thing i noticed like the the only real like taken down a notch song like is right at the end it's it's like that acoustic and it just sort of wraps everything up nicely but if somebody heard that and they're like oh this is what evergrey is all about then let's see yeah. yeah hopefully now i mean uh we we have we have been around for such a long time so at least some people know what we are but most of our fans also i would say all of them pretty much listen to to the songs in their order some of them don't even listen to to it on digital media at all they wait for the album to arrive at their home you know mm-hmm. so they can sit in their sofas or whatever and listen to it which is also very cool uh, along the lines of, of that uh last question like with putting the album together uh how do you get that sort of like wall of sound effect across like every instrument and and the vocals like you must like quadruple track everything or have like some very spacious sounding <laughs> effects on on just like every a... single instrument <laughs> We have a great uh, we have a great mixer guy first and foremost uh, or maybe the other way around first and foremost we know what we're doing when recording stuff we 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 have we're fortunate enough to be able to buy our stuff for a long time you know so we have good equipment good microphones great guitars good great drums and all that stuff that helps and then it also helps to be able to know how you play you know that also helps ten good reasons are your fingers on your both hands you know mm-hmm. but then we come to the last part of the of the making it sound great is jacob hansen our mixing guy he's a he's a genius he's a so such a talented guy and he's been doing our last five albums i think it is now with this one and the first album he did with us was an album called hymns for the broken and then he sort of told us this is how i th- see you sounding and that was on our eighth or ninth album <laughs> you know and it was like a revelation having somebody from the outside coming in telling us this is a, this is how you should sound and he had also been a fan for a very long time before that so he knew what he was talking about and that sort of when you feel people have that knowledge about your own music then you sort of are able to let go and uh, start listening to music in a more subjective way no, objective way sorry what yeah that's something that i've uh that has been brought up with a couple artists on this show, but like having that uh, like long-term relationship with your uh, like your producer is is like so important to the sound. I feel because like it, they're almost like a, another part of the band in that moment, and like how you actually get the sound out and what you are feeling across to like 
the entire album. So if you're like switching around between every single album, it's gonna feel disjointed sometimes. I mean, I think you do that if that's what you're after too. And uh, but if you're mm -hmm. searching for, for if you're searching for a sound, I mean, everybody was sounding already back in '98. We had our own sound, and then we sort of used the first producer we had for a bunch of albums, and then we used another one, and then, so we have had these uh, bunch of years for time periods of our, our of our career that we have used certain mixing guys because we produced it ourselves, but mixing engineers, and yeah, it's it's a huge part of what we are. Uh, I would say 20% of, I mean, or whatever. <laughs> 100 divided by 6 then, okay. <laughs> so I'd like to dive into the meaning behind the album title. So there, there's a heartless portrait, which sounds very much like a struggle with like one's own art. Uh, and then the subtitle is an interesting touch as well. Uh, I was wondering like what both of them meant to you and the band and how you came up with the name. I mean, Heartless Portraits, for me, it's about telling a story about yourself in the most honest and naked way possible. I guess that's something what I've, that I've been doing since the last 28 years, so it's a long-ass story. <laughs> so, but I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's something, it's the only thing I know to write about, you know. Uh, I don't have a close relationship with Dungeons and Dragons, so... I have to write about myself, you know, So and, and that I know very well, and I've gotten to know myself better for the last 10 years, too. So it's uh, it's, it's it's what I write about, and, and uh, I would say that this is just a continuation of prior albums. Uh, a lot of self-reflection, uh, retrospect, and, uh, and, and uh, trying to come to an understanding with who you are, and, and why you are the way you are, and and also coming to terms with or accepting certain perspectives of yourself or attributes or whatever it might be. And the Orpheus Testament second title is more referring to uh, the attribute of being egotistic, like Orpheus was when he only had to look straight forward uh, when leaving hell with his wife that he went there to pick up, and but he couldn't. He couldn't keep himself from turning around and then she went up in flames, you know. And I think that's also reflecting back on what, the, what how I watch uh, humans today, how I see humans. Because we are so short-sighted and we are so, as we were talking about in the beginning, we need to check the next song and the next song and the next song, you know. I love a movie when it's taking time. I love a series that mm -hmm. sort of can expand for minutes and hours and weeks and months. So I can devour that and be sort of lost in the world of music. I don't want it to be fast. It's not a cheeseburger for me. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an experience. And yeah, I don't know if I answered your question at all, but yeah. Yeah, like very much. Like in in Western culture, we're almost afraid of like taking time or or of like silence and space and and like we really should like take that little bit extra to just process and listen and and like feel throughout uh rather yeah. than like just have to jump to the next thing all the time i don't understand what the gain is in, in <laughs> i mean it's like we we feel like we're missing something but then if you think in hindsight what did you miss by you know jumping to the next song or running to the next chop or whatever i mean i have another band called uh, silent skies <laughs> 
which is pretty obvious. It's silence, guys. It's that kind of music. You can imagine it in your head already hearing the name, you know. So it's a, and that's what it is for me. It's like a, it's a, it's a. I mean, it's my quiet reflection of life and the world. I guess you know. It's like this mm -hmm. is what I wanted to be. First song on the first album is eight and a half minute piano and vocals. That's it. You know, it's like it's yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like jumping off of that, I just recently talked with Vikram uh, uh, from oh. about Silent Skies, and and he covered oh, cool. this from his perspective. Uh, but what is it like now switching between like such airy vocals for Silent Skies, and then the like heavy, powerful style of Evergrey? I mean, it's one. It's just a great privilege to be able to step in and out of these worlds because they are both very much a part of me. Uh, me and Vikram also write uh, uh, game music for for video games, so that's also a, another world we can step into. And mm -hmm. because I guess we're ADHD freaks that need uh, to be sort of <laughs> stimulated at all times, twenty three hours per day, and then we sleep one hour maybe, you know, and then it's back at it. So uh, I don't know what it is. It's just uh, it's it's just for me. It's just a privilege. It's it's amazing. It makes me schizophrenic at times. Uh, super tired for sure, um, but uh, more more than anything, it makes me happy and content with my creative life. Mm. Do you have to prepare in like a specific way of like getting into that headspace for switching between those styles? I mean, usually I have uh, time periods like for the last, let's say, for the last two years, I've did Silent Skies album one. And then I did Escape of the Phoenix, and then I did the Redemption album, which is another band me and Vikram is in. Mm -hmm. And then it's back to Evergrey. No, but then back to Silent Skies, and now back to Evergrey. So it's like I have these portions. I don't write that, you know, simultaneously for the same band. So that is very important for me. All right. Uh, awesome. Otherwise, I become crazy. I think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. You included the fans in on the making of this album, it seems, with like some sort of field recordings of audiences and such. Uh, so what was the process of procuring these and how did the idea form? Well, for the Save Us, for the first video of, of, uh, of this album that is already out now and it's becoming a great success for us. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, also releasing it at the, at the same day as Russia went into Ukraine. Which is just mm. mind-boggling in a sense. But yeah, we for for that song we had asked our fans to contribute by sending in uh, these words where they are screaming "Save us" into their uh, iPhones or Androids or whatever they got, you know. And then we put that into the mixing desk and mixed that together and filtered out the noises and and tried to make it as tight as possible. And uh, and uh, and that is what you hear on the album, which is great. It's several hundred fans of us from all over the world contributing to the first single of this album, which was just a, it was just an idea I had, and I think it turned out amazing. And for the second song, which is the second video, we recorded our live audience in the only show we did for the Escape of the Phoenix album since because of the pandemic. Uh, we recorded a live audience, and they were, by that, participating on a studio album, which I think is also very unique uh, to have a live audience on a studio album on a live album mm -hmm. you get it but yeah which is yeah so that that was that which is great it's uh, two cool things to to have for them and for us how did you uh like 
capture that record? Like, did you have like a mic set up uh, like around the room beforehand, or did you just like take off of like the mics that were on stage? No, we had we we had it set up uh, with a condenser mics, uh, four or five of them, uh, to to capture the whole vibe of the room. And in so, I think also in some special editions of this release, uh, you will only hear them without any participation of of the Evergrey guys, you know, because we're also there in the shouting. Awesome. <laughs> but then we take away us, and you only have the audience. Yeah, it's just great. But yeah, we we of course planned it. Awesome. Uh, so this album came out pretty quickly after your last. Is that just a product of like not being able to tour extensively and like more time to uh, work on and, and write the album? Yeah, most definitely. Otherwise, we're usually touring for one to two, three years. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I think Save Us came out four days before it was one year ago since Escape of the Phoenix came out. So it's like mm -hmm. very, extremely quick for us. I mean, extremely. Mm -hmm. So when we finished Escape of the Phoenix, and I think we, yeah, so like last weekend, last year, that's when we decided we should start writing for for the a Heartless Portrait album. Speaking of which, like, what is the general album writing process like for you all? Like, do you all normally, like, get together and jam and write or just exchange ideas back and forth online? Or does, like, one person generally take care of most of the composition? We write uh, by ourselves for like a couple of months. Uh, so maybe I think we wrote from like March last year to to September maybe, uh, and then we start and then we then we usually meet in our in our headquarters and then sit down there and we listen to everybody's ideas, and uh, it's like so much music, you know, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But but then just we try to sort of decide on. 10 to 12 ideas that we are all agreeing on. Yes, we need to have this in there. And then we start building songs from that. And that usually works in the way that me and the drummer, Jonas, uh, we, we sit down in our studios, like I sit here, and start composing actual songs out of them. And then we meet again after a month. And this is what we have come up with. What should we change? Everybody happy with the outcome? Back and forth like that. And then we start recording the actual drums and bass. Most of the other stuff is already pretty much recorded. There are some things that we, you know, adapt to the, the drums and bass, but usually they play to already recorded guitars. Uh, and most of the time for this album, like 80% on this album, the vocals were already done too. And the guitar solos and everything. So they had everything to sort of vibe off to. But we never jam, like jam jam, all the five of us in a room anymore. We, it's like, we don't have to. It's just loud and noisy and uh, unproductive for us. Uh, and like, has that process changed at all? Like over the pandemic? No, I know because we have always worked like this, except for maybe okay. the first uh, three or four albums. But it's become sort of we enhanced the work process, uh, sort of made it better and became more effective in ter in terms of you know buying equipment also that that sort of helps all of us do our own thing. Uh, so when we listen to the album, for instance, uh, when it was all done, we sat like this on Zoom and we listened to it in real time, all of the, all the five of us, uh, via a mixing program that we all could enjoy in real time. So that's when the first time we heard it, all the five of us, because usually we meet, but then we had restrictions in, in Sweden, so we couldn't 
We could invade. Yeah. Technology, okay. man. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. It's come a long way, especially in the last couple of years. So. Yep. Uh, so you're following up this album with a huge European tour later this year, right? So yeah. like, how does it feel after like more than two years to be able to accomplish like a string of live performances of this magnitude? <laughs> I don't know, because I'm not even certain that it's going to happen. And we have World War Three coming now. So, oh, like, yes. And I'm laughing. I'm not even I mean, I'm very sad about that fact, but uh, mm -hmm. it's like. It's not what we needed now to have a war after yeah. after the pandemic, which makes Putin a egotistic bastard in my eyes, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. So so um, yeah, uh, he robbed us of everything. So I hope the war has ended by then. Not only because, of course, we're gonna tour, but uh, for for the sake of humanity, to be honest, for the sake of Europe, it's it's uh, mm -hmm. it's so bad that it's ridiculous to see. I mean, dead dead kids and and people. In general, on on the streets in Ukraine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it came at the absolute the wrong time, just as everything's starting to open up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's cynical about it too. He knows what he's doing. He's not an idiot. It's a, uh, it's, well, not an idiot in that sense. In any case. Well, uh, we ha are gonna close off pretty soon here, but before that, we have some questions from some of our vip discord members who are part of the, our patreon we have one question for you uh from our a very own almond hammer who uh is is a moderator on the discord server as well uh, and he asks is there a unifying theme in the artwork for phoenix atlantic and storm within or is it just like a design aesthetic it's the same guy who did them uh, so I guess that is the unifying thing, but no, it's not part of a, a trilogy. I mean, the trilogy we did was the Hymns for the Broken, the Storm Within, and the Atlantic album. So the, these last two albums uh, are stepping away from that uh, theme. But yeah, it's the same guy. It's a good, good catch. Yeah. So where can people find you? Me at at home? You yes. Mean? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like uh, on on socials, Evergrade, yeah, I, like. I, yeah, evergrade.net, I guess, is our homepage coming. And we're refreshing it right now. Uh, and then, of course, Facebook and Instagram. And and that's it. We're old school. We don't do all this TikTok stuff and all that mm -hmm. other stuff. I guess we're getting into that soon. <laughs> wait too late. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> I haven't really been able to get into the the TikTok or anything at all. I just like don't have the time to devote to understanding it. Oh no, no, no. Thanks. I don't need it. I don't need it in my life. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Tom. It's it's been a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I I'm looking forward to this album coming out. It it so I can't wait for so people early. to hear it. We would like to thank you so much for listening to this edition of Spotlight. If you enjoyed the episode or learned something new, please subscribe. If you'd like to hear more interviews and get more prog rock content, you can become a special Prognotes patron at patreon.com prognotes. Join that if you want to ask some of your favorite artists' questions to be featured in the episode. Also, come join our Discord community, a chat room for all prog rock fans and fans of the show and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. 
All of these links are in this episode's description. Join us next time as we discover the past, present, and future of prog rock. The next spotlight will be up on June 14th, and Destin and Drew will be back with another episode on the Prognotes feed on June 15th. See you on Discord. Thanks. Thanks.